Greetings and welcome to Union Street Hoops. I'm your host, Paul Oren, at NWI Oren on Twitter. And you can find Union Street Hoops, a podcast dedicated to Valparaiso basketball and the Missouri Valley Conference on NWI.com, Apple Pods, Spotify, SoundCloud, all over the internet. One month ago today, Valpo fell to Bradley in Arch Madness championship game. God, was that only a month ago? It kind of feels like it was a year ago or two years ago. It feels like forever. I don't know what you've been doing with your time since. I know I've been doing a lot of interesting projects. I got my Super Nintendo hooked up. I won my first F-Zero race in years. I'm diving into a project where I'm researching the history of Alpo basketball, having a lot of fun with that, spending a lot of time right now reading literature from 1917, trying to figure out the actual beginning of the Valpo basketball program and who was on that team and all of that it's it's been it's been a labor of love so far and and I don't know what it's going to turn into but it's going to turn into something and I hope that you enjoy it when it does might be you know a month from now probably not probably a year from now maybe even not that but we'll see what happens looking forward to seeing if if this goes anywhere to commemorate the one month, I suppose, anniversary of Valpo losing to Bradley in the title game, we're going to have Bradley senior guard Daryl Brown on Union Street Hoops here in a little bit. Uh, I've not really done this before. I don't know that I've had a somewhat active player, although Daryl Brown is now done, uh, come on uh, come on the podcast, an opponent before of Valpo, that is. We've had old coaches come on. We've had Greg Campy come on. We've had Antonio Reynolds-Dean, who played... Uh, for Rhode Island. We've had a couple of those kind of guys, but never before have we had a guy who just recently played against Valpo on the podcast. And Daryl Brown at DBCinco5 on Twitter is a must-follow. Uh, he he likes to throw out some, some good stuff now and again. And it was really a tweet that he sent out leading up to the conference tournament saying that it will all be settled this weekend, I, I think were the words... And then and then it was, and then Bradley won. And I asked him about that and the snub of the first team all-conference. Um, I, I asked him who he thinks should be on the first team. Uh, spoiler alert, he does not mention Javon Freeman Liberty. And uh, there maybe that was part of his uh, vitriol that he had about not making it was the fact that he thought that Guys who didn't finish in the top half of the standings should be on there. Uh, then I later ask him to talk about Javon a little bit, and and he he shares some thoughts. So uh, it's good stuff. I excited to have Daryl Brown on the podcast, and then later on in the podcast, Valparaiso incoming freshman Jacob Agnosovic is going to join the podcast. I have been saying his name wrong all year, and I tell him that because once I got him on the phone, I said, "Look, Jacob, what?" What's your last name? Um, you'll probably detect a bit of excitement in my voice in talking to Jacob because, you know, real recognize real, and Jacob is from Wisconsin, and there's a certain bond that we have. Although, don't bring up Wisconsin with me this week. Not a good topic with what's going on up there. So, uh, breaking news, though, right after I published the last episode of Union Street Hoops, like literally the minute that I posted the link online to the Mark LaBarbera, Stephen Helm episode, which I, for whatever reason, entitled it Farewell to March because I couldn't come up with a good title. Uh, Javon Freeman Liberty declared for the NBA draft. Like literally the second that I hit send, I immediately deleted the link because I knew that nothing, no one's going to listen to the podcast immediately at that point. We were all going to pay attention to what was going on with Javon. 
So Javon Freeman Liberty has put his name into the draft. We've talked to Javon. Um, you know, he, he, he wants to get feedback, right? And I, I look, I think they should all declare for the draft. If you have any interest in playing professional basketball and if you think you can get to that level, by all means, declare for the draft, go meet with some people, find out what you need to find out. You know, they're probably going to tell Javon, you know, work on a couple of different things. But hearing that from the people, I mean, it gets you on the radar. And he's already on the radar. There's no question about it. Uh, every school in the Valley has got at least one player transferring, although the Bradley guys are are, are coming at me saying that there's nobody uh, on scholarship that's willingly transferring, which I'm sure I'll I'll be explained what that means here uh, by Tony and, and the rest of the crew because they're all going to listen because of Daryl Brown, which thank you, Bradley fans, thank you very much for listening. But uh, everybody with uh, Pipkins today at Loyola announcing he was transferring, Valpo, the only school that does not have anybody transferring right now wow what a difference from last season when it felt like Valpo might be the only school that that didn't return a player last year um, obviously they did but uh, and Valpo's roster looks like they're returning Javon Freeman's Liberty name is in the draft right now and I imagine he's going to go through that process and, and then we'll see what happens right and um it's uh, it's exciting, I think. And and one of the interesting things that I learned, although this does not matter in the time of COVID-19, I think, is that if you declare for the draft, this is a fascinating thing here. This is a loophole that I was told by somebody who, who has gone through the process. If you declare for the draft, you are now prepping for, you know, prepping for the NBA draft. And therefore, you're not limited to the amount of time that you can practice you know, NCAA rules, I think you get two hours or eight hours or whatever it is during the offseason, but you can get unlimited time with coaches who are putting you through workouts. And if it's your university coaches that are putting you through workouts, well, then, you know, you're pre- you're prepping for the NBA draft. And so that, to me, seems like, uh, you know, this is, I think, when Calipari the other year said that he he would want all of his guys to put their name in for the NBA draft because he could get practice. You could get practice time all the time. That is a, it's an interesting loophole in this whole process. Look, we don't know what the draft date deadlines are going to be, and this could be the potential headache, not just for Valpo with Javon's case, but all schools, right? If they push the NBA draft back, which it looks like they may do, because they, you know, at least the NFL was able to have the scouting combine in, in Indianapolis. I was there that weekend in Indianapolis for uh, state swimming. But, you know, at least the NFL was able to do some of their stuff. And and I think however the NFL goes about their draft will illustrate maybe how the NBA might be able to go about their draft. And, look, we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know how far back things are going to get pushed back. It's It, it really it depends on who, who you read and what you listen to, right? There are, you know, one minute I might look to one direction and find out that, you know, we're going to be back by Easter. And then the next minute I might look and find out that we're going to be out until Christmas. I have no idea. I don't think anybody has any idea right now. And I'm sure many of you that are listening have thoughts. And, you know, I'm not here to to talk about that. All I'm here to say is that it could be interesting if the NBA draft say gets pushed back to August and then guys are like in July and, and trying to make up their mind of whether or not they're returning to school. Because I'd imagine all of the deadlines would get pushed back. I mean, it. I think the NCAA has st- stated that you have up until 10 days before 
the you know the dra- uh, ten days after the combine is done in order to withdraw from your name from the draft and return to school. Well, what if that combine isn't till much later in the summer? You're going to see some programs who are going to be clamoring for, you know, what happens if a guy at Kentucky decides that he's not going to go and wants to come back? And it, it'll be a very interesting, interesting scenario. So Javon's declared for the draft. Everybody else looks like they're back. And again, Javon, is, as Javon made it clear in the thing that he put on Twitter, it was basically in brown and gold, and it was a giant Valpo logo on it. Hashtag one team, one boat, giant Valpo jersey on his announcement made clear that he was maintaining his collegiate eligibility and you know made clear when I talked to him on the phone that he's still on all the group text messages and all of that and it's it's simply he's looking looking at his options and I don't think anyone can begrudge him for that Valpo's had a number of players in recent years look that way Alec Peters did did not get invited to the combine had some workouts I believe and waited until the last possible second to take his name out of the draft. And, you know, I, I thought that was a, a good a good move by him. I thought it was kind of fun. And then uh, Tavon Walker put his name in. And I don't remember if Tavon got any workouts or what the deal was there. And then he'd already announced he was transferring, I think, to Butler. And then Derek Smith put his name in the draft. And I think, uh, did he get hurt at, again, at the Pacers camp? I know that something happened where – I don't know if he uh, if he was able to complete the workout there, um, but I, I remember why. I think I saw a video about that on the Indy Star website at one point. So, um, but those three guys have all declared early and all went back to school, and so we'll see what happens with Javon Freeman Liberty. Speaking of Javon, again, it's been one month since Valpo lost to Bradley in the title game. I want to bring in Daryl Brown right now to kind of walk us through what is going on with Bradley and and that I understand that a lot of you that listen to this maybe the last thing that you want to do is listen to words from the guy that knocked off Valpo in the title game but look uh, to know thy enemy is to know thy friend so I think uh or, or whatever the first I, I have no idea what the quote is I I just know that Daryl Brown's gr- a great follow on Twitter um excellent player I thought that uh, look if you're gonna if you're gonna put out there that you're gonna win the the tournament and then you go and do that, and you're not the favorites, man, I, I think you got to be lauded for that. So uh, so here's Daryl Brown with some interesting thoughts, and I, I think you'll enjoy listening to him and, and, and what he's got to say. Pleased to be joined now by Bradley Sr., Daryl Brown. Uh, this is a thrill to have, uh, you know, an opposing Valley player on the podcast. It's not something we normally have. Want to ask you, It's Daryl, it's been one month today since the Missouri Valley title game. We'll get into that game in a little bit, but kind of what's life been like for you in the last month? Uh, I mean, of course, the championship game or the conference tournament was special. I mean, it's my senior year, so just the thrill of playing the championship game. We played it one the year before, so I kind of knew what to expect, and it was a fun environment, as always, in St. Louis for Arch Madness. And I mean, we got a big win, and Unfortunately, my season was ended with that game, so, I mean, that was kind of sad and all, but at the same time, I couldn't think of a better way to end my career at Bradley, and it was special. And, I mean, the last month, it's been full of thrills, especially with the win the championship and everybody just celebrating that around town. But at the same time, this coronavirus stuff has been serious, and 
it's been a downer pretty much for everybody. So, I mean, it's kind of mixed emotions and all, but I can't really complain about anything. Obviously, you're going to you're gonna move on to play professional basketball. What Have you had access to a hoop at all? Have you been able to get workouts in or anything, as I guess you're now preparing for the next stage of your life? No, no, I haven't gotten any workouts in. I mean, I've just been doing my conditioning and stuff like that, making sure I'm staying in shape, which is pretty much the most important thing for me. And the basketball stuff comes natural. So whenever I get be able to get back in the gym, I'll find my rhythm back soon, and that'll take care of itself. But I actually just signed my uh, contract with my agent today. So, I mean, it's been a good day. Very good. All right, I, I want to talk before we get into the Valpo game because there's some specific questions I have about that. I I just thought I, I think the first I mean I knew you were on Twitter, but the the day that I really realized that you were a fun follow on Twitter was the day when you sent out what probably is the greatest tweet in the history of the Missouri Valley Conference. It will all be settled this weekend. Um, obviously you were snubbed on the first team. You sent out that tweet. That takes a lot of confidence to send out a tweet like that. What was going through your mind when, I mean, when you put those words out there, it's all going to be settled. What was going through your mind? Uh, I mean, honestly, the, the the way I felt like I was snubbed and all, I mean, it wasn't, I mean, it, it kind of hurt. It really did hurt kind of because, I mean, I my freshman year, I led the conference in scoring or whatnot, and, I didn't win freshman of the year, but at the same time, they said it was because Landry Sherman won it because he, I mean, he averaged nine points, and I think I averaged 13 for my freshman year, and they said it was because his team was first in the conference, which, I mean, I can't fault that because winning is most important at the end of the day. So I just kind of felt like these last two years, man, they put people on the All-Valley team that really haven't won or finished in the top five or four of the conference, and the last two years, and they put those guys on the All-Valley team just because of numbers or, or whatever they liked about the guys or them being underclassmen or whatever it is. I mean, I really can't hate on anybody like that, but I just feel like it's not right. And my teammate, Nate Connell, I felt like he should at least been a second-team uh, honoree on the team this year. So, I mean, I just kind of took it personal with me being snubbed. Most importantly, I, I felt for Nate because he really hasn't gotten his – credit to what he did for our team over the last four years and I just felt like he deserved better and having the number one defense in the conference the last two years which is our which our program is built on day in and day out and we haven't had anybody on the all defensive team the last two years so I mean it was more than me bigger than me my teammates I just felt like a lot of guys on my team deserve credit and we really didn't get it like I mean I don't know why people keep sleeping on us I mean people can say we don't win these games doing out the regular season or whatnot but when it comes to march i don't think no team in the conference wants to see bradley at the end of the day and we're a fun group of guys that have a great culture and great character in our locker room and it always shows at the end of the day so i just feel like man people with the disrespect i just had to say something and i was really playing with a chip on my shoulder like I had when I first got to Bradley, just having no scholarships coming out of high school. So, I mean, just playing with that chip. And I knew once I got to St. Louis that my teammates were motivated because of me, and I was definitely motivated and hungry to play. Whoever we would have played, I really didn't care who won between Drake or Northern Iowa. I mean, whoever we would have played, I felt like we would have beat them because 
we were just hungry. And, I mean, it showed. Well, you know what? I, I did not have a vote. I will admit I threw a tweet out, and I put five guys on there. And then I said that you and a couple and, and Key and Damask would be in the mix as well. And then I also thought, I mean, if Elijah Childs is healthy for the whole season, he's probably in that mix as well. And uh, I, I guess, can I ask you objectively who who you would have voted for first team in the Valley? Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't care. Uh, Northern, A.J. Green, of course. Uh, Krugwig, of course, two great players for sure. Uh, myself. How I many is that? Three. Yeah, that's three. Uh, who else was on the team? Key. Uh, Freeman, Liberty, Fife, and Key. I think were the other guys on the first team. Uh, I mean, I'll put Key on that team too. I mean, he averaged seventeen. They finished, I think, tied with us for third in conference. So, I mean, of course, I'll say that's four and. The fifth, I mean, if you want to put two players from Northern Iowa on the team just because, then whoever you want to put on that team, I mean, I think that's right, fair or whatnot, if they win. So you talked about not having any offers out of uh, out of high school. I'll tell you this: Eric Bugs is a guy that played at Valpo. He's a Memphis guy. He told me when Valpo joined the conference, he said, "Watch out for Daryl Brown. He's Memphis tough." He, and, and, you know, you got a big fan of your game and Eric Bugs. Did did you know of Eric at all? I know he's quite a bit older than you are, but did you know about Eric at all? Uh, no, I did not, actually. But, I mean, that's, I'm honored to have anybody that I really don't know about or never came into contact with to be a fan of my game. So, I mean, I appreciate that from the bottom of my heart. So, Brian Wardle gets you to uh, to Bradley. Um you, I saw a tweet because you did a Q&A a couple, a couple weeks ago, um, and I was looking back to get the wording right of the original, the it'll all be settled tweet, and, and you talked about how you, loyalty is a big thing for you, right? And, and Brian Wardle showed you some of that. You said you went to the same middle school, the same high school. I know that your godfather's Penny Hardaway. He gets the job at Memphis. Did you ever, ever think about going back home at all? No, I really never crossed my mind, to be honest with me. A lot of people asked me or speculated that I was going to leave. But, I mean, we I played for Penny all my life pretty much from seventh grade all the way to I graduated high school. So, I mean, I had my time with him. It was time for me to build my name outside of Memphis and go my own route. I just felt like if I can go somewhere else and do something special, then I wanted to do that. So Valpo joins the conference in your sophomore year, and I want to ask you about them because we'll get into the title game in a second. Um, you split with them each year. You won at your place. They won at their place. What what did you see from your games against Valpo? Did I mean, did they get better over your career? Kind of what, what struck you about playing against Valpo? Uh, yeah, I mean, this year they definitely got better. I think they were always a physical team. They played kind of play hard-nosed basketball. They were scrappy. Did a lot of gambling and reaching and stuff like that. So, I mean, it's always fun when you play teams like that. They definitely got better. They, the offensive system seemed like it changed a lot this year. They spaced you out and shoot, shot a lot of threes and stuff like that. So, I mean, it's always dangerous playing teams like that who, I mean, chuck up the three and can spread you out with small balls and stuff like that. So, I mean, they definitely got better. They were a good team. I can't fault them or say anything bad about their team. So, 
I mean, it was always a fun matchup against them. I think they hit 18 three-pointers in the game at Valpo this year. Late in the conference season, they won that game. You go into the title game now. Walk me through this game a little bit if you can. Obviously, you had played in the title game before. you got to be feeling pretty good about about the experience that you had going into it. Did you feel like the game was, was – I mean, this is not a disrespect to your opponent question, but did you feel pretty confident walking into the title game that if you did what you needed to do, you guys were going to be dancing at the end of it? Uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, just to take it back, 2000, 2019 tournament championships, uh, the Arch Madness tournament or whatnot, man, I couldn't even sleep before those games because I was so nervous at just the opportunity to go to the tournament. But, I mean, this year I was kind of – I mean, I was chilled. I was – very focused, locked in. I really didn't have too many distractions outside of just playing the games. I really didn't even talk to my parents while they were in St. Louis because I was, like, so on a mission and upset about the snubbing and stuff like that. So, I mean, I felt confident of every game we went into, the championship game especially, because I just felt like I had been playing good basketball that whole weekend. Really, to lead up to that tournament, I felt like I was playing some of my best basketball this year. So, I mean, I was very confident going into the championship game and, I just felt like we made it that far. It was time for the seniors to be seniors, take over, and bring us home with the championship again. I think there was a spot in the game where I think Valpo was up six, Freeman Liberty had a drive to the basket, finger roll, and it rimmed out. And I think you guys knocked down a couple three-pointers right after that, get right back in the game. Then you guys switched to that zone. Talk to me about about going to the zone there and, and kind of what you – I mean, you guys played – a lot of man, right? I mean, just your thoughts on going to that zone and what you saw and how it affected the game. Uh, I mean, that's just great, great coaching. Give credit to our coaching staff. They, they were hurting us on drives pretty much the whole game. So, and we were fouling a little bit in the second half. So, I think the zone really did slow them down, and the coaching staff made a great adjustment on their own. And I mean, I just. It won us the game, to be honest with you. I mean, it's not, not much to be said about that. When you checked out of the game, I mean, they were chanting MVP. What was that feeling like? Oh, man, it's a real, it's a dream come true. I mean, you really don't see that too much often in college basketball. So, I mean, to get those chants, man, from our fans, which are the best fans in the Valley to me, which, I mean, I'm biased and all, but our fans show up and every each and every night. I think we had the best home attendance out of all schools in the conference. So, I mean, it's just a testament to what our fans do and the hard work me and the other teams have put in since we've been here, since we got here. Going from 13 wins to 20 to 20 to, I think, 23 this year. I mean, it's been a special journey, man. That's what made all of this so worthy. And just to hear those chants, man, it's a dream come true. I want to go back to Valpo for a second and touch on Freeman Liberty. Is uh, you know obviously he, he made first team. He's one of the underclassmen. I think you talked about earlier. Just what have you seen from his game uh, over the last couple over the last two years? And and is he a challenge to go against? Oh yeah, I mean whenever whenever you the the lead guy on the on the team, whichever team it is, I mean it's always going to be a challenge because they have a green light to shoot whatever shot they want. And I mean. Uh, he's a good player. He gambles a lot on defense, so I mean, I think uh, he's a good player, man. I mean, yeah. you score twenty a night, and you can't say anything bad about that. But at the same time, 
I just felt like we were a better team, and I mean, we got the win. Yeah, all about winning at the end of the day. So you you're gonna go back to the NCAA tournament, and then they talk about no fans at the game. And I read something that you said that you were kind of done with it at that point. That the fans is what makes it great. I imagine making the tournament your junior year made it easier to kind of get over the sting of not being able to play this year. Kind of, how, you know, how did you find out that the tournament was in fact canceled and, and was there emotions there? Kind of, how did you deal with all that? Um, yeah, yeah, it was, I mean, it was emotions just knowing the tournament was canceled, but honestly it was kind of expected at the point, I mean, where you saw conference tournaments and stuff like that getting canceled. So, I mean, it was kind of expected at the end of the day, but, it always hurts not being able to play in a big stage like that. And I think I thrive in those situations where it's a big game and big moments and stuff like that. So, I mean, it kind of hurt. But at the same time, I, I went the pre- previous year and I was blessed to be in that situation. And, I mean, you just don't want to play a March Madness tournament without fans. I mean, it's just not the same to me. So, I mean, it is what it is. It was the, what was best for the situation that's at hand right now. So, and you can't be mad about it. All right, I got a couple of a couple of Valley questions for you, just kind of some fun, quick-hitting questions. Who has been, we'll just say in the last year or two, who's been the toughest player to guard in the Valley? You can't pick one of your teammates. you got to pick an opponent. Uh, as far as me guarding or my team, like just all overall? Either way, either way you want to go. Who Who is the guy that you've spent the most time in the game plans on, on figuring out, man, this guy can make our night a living hell? Honestly, Crockwick, I have to say, I mean, you have to prepare for so much because you just don't see a five-man that much at the top of the key running offense and he can post. He has great touch around the rim, and then if you try to double him in the post, he's a hell of a passer. So, I mean, uh, I have to say Crookwig. It's just so much you got to prepare for. Absolutely. Now, who is the best defender that you have to go against that you got to figure out how you're going to break them down? And based on your tweet, I'm going to guess it's not Roman Penn. Um, who is the best defender that you that gives you the hardest time? I mean, a lot of people put bigger guards on me, and they try to, like, when I come off ball screens and stuff like that, it's, it's really a team effort. I can't really say one one person. I, I'd say probably Northern Iowa, they load up to the ball so much yeah. that, I mean, it's kind of hard to get good looks against them all the time. So, I'd say Northern Iowa, is, but a team effort, though, for sure. You said on Twitter, and again, it's uh, it, it, this is a great follow, uh, that you don't like to talk trash. You tell the truth. But when people start talking, then you get into it. Who talks the most trash in the Valley? Uh, who talks the most trash in the Valley? Uh, Missouri State got some chirpers on that team. <laughs> I, I, I honestly, I don't know their names, but they got, a, they got like – Three or four, they like to talk a lot. So, I'll say Missouri State. Does Valpo talk at all? I've always, I've always curious. I don't, I don't sit close enough to the court to be able to figure it out. Oh no, Valpo, they just come out and play ball, man. And I, I respect that a lot. You come out and just play and let your game be the talking. I mean, that's the person I am. But and you have some guys who want to star stuff. So, I mean, <laughs> go there. 
All right, best uh, best Valley road trip. What uh, what what place are you going to miss other than Carver and Bradley? Oh, uh, Loyola, sure. You can't beat Ben downtown Chicago. What's the uh, what's the uh, toughest teammate you've had to try to guard over your years? Toughest teammate I had to try to guard. Uh, well, usually I'm always on guards at practice and stuff like that. So I'll say Nate Cannell. Yeah. I mean, Nate is probably the slowest person I ever guarded in my life, but <laughs> he he can just shoot right over the top of you. And if you give him any space or daylight, I, nine times out of ten, it's going in the net. So, I mean, I'll say Nate. I grew up in Milwaukee. I'm a big Marquette fan. I used to cheer on Brian Wardle as a player. Who wins in a game to 11? What's the score in a game to 11 between you and Coach Wardle? Ooh, to 11. Uh-uh. I'll say, uh, Coach Wardle get buckets, man. I'll say, I'll say 11, 11-7. Now I have to go, go with me, though. The young okay. player's got to win. <laughs> Absolutely. Daryl Brown, thank you very much for joining here. I, you know, I just thought one month anniversary of the Valley title game, I thought it was worth uh, reaching out and kind of seeing your thoughts on the game and, and everything like that. Thank you very much for taking the time and best of luck as you uh, continue to stay healthy and prepare for your professional career here. Thank you so much. Kind of fun there to uh, to bring Daryl Brown on there. Again, someone that I've watched play now for the last three years. And I had some other – I was going to talk to him a little bit about whether or not he knew of uh, Brian Wardle's history with Valpo and, you know, breaking his leg when he got off the bus once and, and watching his team give up the buzzer beater to broke off there. But, you know, I just – I thought I would leave it at, at where it was at. And, again, uh, you know, it, it, I he clearly, clearly uh, – was rubbed the wrong way by the all conference stuff. And, uh, you know, he's, he, he mapped out Crutwig and green and Tyreek key, and then Austin Fife as, and as well as himself. And, and I, I, I think it's absurd. Any first team that doesn't have Javon Freeman Liberty on it. And as I said, I thought that my first team was the four guys are Crutwig green, uh, not in that order, uh, Freeman Liberty. And then, um, Fife. I also had Liam Robbins on my team, and then, but as I said in the tweet, I thought that Tyree Key, Daryl Brown, and uh, Marcus Damask were the next three, and I thought there was a pretty steep drop off after that. I thought Elijah Childs, if he was healthy, would have made his way into that as well. But it, it's always interesting. I think you can talk about snubbed. And I'm not just talking about Daryl Brown. I'm just saying in general, you know, people can talk about, oh, this person should have been a, a first teamer. Well then, who do you take off? And I just I it I felt like there were probably eight guys in the league this year that would have been first teamers uh and there were only five spots and and that's that's just the way that it is. So um and, you know, and again, I, I I suppose there may be some validity to the idea that if you if you take you take guys that didn't win but I, you know, I've just, I've never, I've never quite subscribed to that theory. So, um, you know, I wonder how, how things go differently in the tournament. If, if Daryl Brown is a first teamer and he doesn't have that snub to, to kind of push him a little bit. Right. One of the interesting things about Daryl Brown was that he went to the NCAA tournament last year and had a chance to go back this year and was well on his way they'd won the conference tournament this is the same kind of story that Valpo recruit Jacob Agnesevic has. 
no, excuse me. I, I got the name wrong again. It's going to take me a little bit to be able to get this right. Um, the Again, the pronunciation is Jacob Ognosovic. Ognosovic. Okay, I, I gotta, I've been saying it wrong for so long, and, and so you'll see that. Uh, but his story is they won a state title last year at Sheboygan Lutheran in Wisconsin, and then they were was well on his way to going back to winning it again, and his season cut short again because of COVID-19 and uh, was, again, was a couple games away. Uh, so I want to bring Jacob on right now. Um, not sure that we're going to get Connor and Sheldon. I uh, haven't really reached out to them yet. I plan to at some point, but no promises. But I think it's uh, kind of a fun Fun thing here to get uh, get to know the Valpo incoming freshman a little bit. So here is Jacob Ognosovic. Thrilled to be joined now by Valparaiso recruit Jacob Ognosovic. Jacob, I've been saying your name wrong all season, but uh, I'm excited to talk to you, being that I am from Milwaukee and you are from a little bit north of Milwaukee, Sheboygan. Uh, Jacob, welcome to Union Street Hoops, a podcast dedicated to Valpo basketball. Thanks for joining. How are you doing right now? Um, I'm doing good. Thank you for having me. So you committed to Valpo in August, and we'll get to that and what led you to that in a little bit, but I wanted to talk high school basketball for a little bit. I know it's uh, it's been kind of a crushing couple of weeks here. Sheboygan Lutheran well on their way to defending the state championship. Where were you when you found out that the season was canceled, and, and kind of how have you been coping over the last month or so? Um, I remember I was in my room, and I was just texting some of my teammates about the game. And then it was around, like, 11.40 where, I mean, like, five of my teammates called me. And then I'm like, well, what's going on? So then I went on Twitter and I checked that WIA just sent out a tweet that season's off, season's canceled. And, I mean, it didn't really sink in at first. But then a bunch of people were texting me, and I'm like, wow, this is really happening. It's really canceled. You obviously won a state title in 2019 as a junior did did that maybe lessen the blow a little bit that that you were able to at least have that experience or does it still sting quite a bit yeah that definitely lessened um the blow because i mean at least i got to experience it and at least i got one state title because you know if we would have lost last year and i would have had no chance to get a state title that would have really hurt but it's good knowing that at least we had one last year and i got to have that great experience of playing in the cold center playing in front of all our fans and yeah you know that it definitely helped that we won it last year but i mean it was still tough this year that we weren't able to get there because of the coronavirus but i feel like i have to make note in interest of full disclosure my high school martin luther also won a state title in 2019 now when i went to martin luther we won three games my senior year so that school is uh has improved speaking of improvement you were 510 in eighth grade right yeah and how tall are you now six eight how i mean when did the growth spurt happen and kind of how did you grow into your body as a basketball player freshman year is when I shot up to like 6'2", 6'3", and then the summer going into my sophomore year was when I got up to like 6'5", and then from there on I just kept on growing like a little bit, like one inch every four months, but you know, um, I used to be, I wasn't really tall, I mean I was pretty tall, but I wasn't tall like I am now, and I was really skinny, but you know, and that was tough for me in the beginning, like my freshman year I was I was getting pushed around a lot. I wasn't that tall, and, you know, it was a lot harder time for me. But, you know, I got blessed with some height, and I started lifting weights a lot more. And, you know, 
you played center this year, right, in high school? Uh, yeah, I did. And then what, I, I've, I've read a couple of different recruiting articles, including one on my own newspaper, that uh, are you thinking small forward, power forward in college? Yeah, well, you know, our, our high school team, we, we run so much. So, I mean, we don't really have positions. But, yeah, you know, I definitely want to play, like, small forward or power forward. But, you know, I'm fine playing center, too. I mean, just whatever I have to do. I mean, I feel like the game now, it's not really – it's kind of positionless. But, yeah, I would say I want to be more of a three or four and, next year. And that is certainly the, the method of which Valpo has been playing as of late. For the fans that are listening that don't necessarily know your credentials, I'm just going to read a couple of them here, and I don't necessarily want to make you blush, but – you scored 1,024 points this season. You averaged 39.4 a game. You broke Sam Decker's scoring record. You finished sixth all-time in scoring in the state of Wisconsin. You're one of three players in the state to score 1,000 points in a season. You would have become the state's all-time single-season leading scorer had you play, had you been able to get to the state title game. How I mean, how does all that happen? Like thirty nine point four points a game—that's not by accident. Like what? Yeah. What? I mean, how have you been able to kind of put in the work to get to the one of the most prolific seasons in Wisconsin state history? Well, I mean, I just kept on building on it. You know, my my sophomore year when I got to Lutheran, I averaged twenty three points. Then my junior year, I averaged thirty, and then this year, thirty nine. So you know, each year I've gotten a lot more comfortable, and I've gotten a lot better. You know, looking at my game from this year to last year, I mean, I just made tremendous steps and I gained a lot of weight. I mean, that's what really helped this year because I was able to crash the boards, get a lot of extra points. But, you know, I mean, our style of play, we averaged 94 points a game the whole year. So, I mean, we're constantly running up the court. And, I mean, we're all used to playing with each other because we're at a smaller school. So, I mean, we all know how each other play. My teammates do a great job getting me the ball. You know, I just play really hard. and I mean, yeah. And, I mean, each year, like I said before, I just kept on growing and building on it. And especially this year, since it was my senior year, I really wanted it to be a special year. That really pushed me in the summer to just keep on getting better and better. And, you know, I just didn't want to take any days off. And I just want to continue to keep on getting better and better and be the best basketball player I can be. Now, obviously, you talked about you know being at a smaller school. You're obviously playing smaller competition. What was uh, the AAU circuit like for you? Did you did you play in AAU, EYBL, or New York to LA, or anything like that? Yeah, I played for the Playground Warriors and okay. the Under Armour Association. And and just some of the battles that you got. What what did you learn from some of those games that you played in over the years? Well, I mean that that was pretty eye opening for me because I mean well. Going into my sophomore year, I didn't play AAU at all. And then the year before that, I played Wisconsin Crusaders, which was like the Adidas Silver Gauntlet. And then from there, I went on to play the Under Armour Association. So I've honestly really had two years of high school AAU just because I've like improved and grown that fast. So, you know, playing against all these top guys in the country, I mean, it was really eye-opening and it was really fun to, you know, test test myself and see how I would do against them. And, I mean, I felt like I did very well. And I feel like right now if I was to play at that level, you know, I would do just fine. But, yeah, it was it was a really cool experience, you know, playing against other D1 guys, playing with other D1 guys. I mean, it was just an awesome experience. And it definitely helped me a lot going into my senior year. 
final high school question for you. You were named first team All-State this year. What does that honor mean to you? Oh, that meant a lot to me because just because it was for, I got first team All-State for D5 and then first team AP All-State, which is with all the divisions. And, yeah. You know, that was one of my goals going into this year. And, you know, I got second team my junior year. And, you know, this year I kind of thought going into it, I mean, there's nothing more I could have done. I averaged 39 and 16. But, you know, the coaches recognized that and voted me first team. So I'm really proud of myself for that. Looking at your recruitment, it you know, looking at looking online, uh, obviously you you committed to Valpo in August. It looks like you had offers from Milwaukee and Green Bay, DePaul, Indiana State, UC Davis was on the list that I saw. Interest from a lot of high major programs as well. What was it about Valpo, and and really what was it about wanting to commit prior to your senior year? I imagine. You know, you would have opened up a lot of eyes continually with with the season you put forward. But what was it about Valpo and and committing prior to your senior year? Um, you know, it was just a really good fit. You know, I remember we went. I went on the official visit, and then the day after I committed, you know, I slept on it. I thought it over, and I was like, "This is the place I want to be." You know, I, you know, these the coaches were great. They're great people to be around, and you know, they recruited me the hardest, and that really meant a lot to me because you know some other they would text you one week and then three weeks later they wouldn't say anything and then all of a sudden they'll text you again but you know Valpo was texting me every week you know different coaches were texting me all the time you know they were at all my games in the summer you know I remember in one of our high school tournaments the coaches could go and they were at every single game and no other coach was doing that so that that really meant a lot to me and you know I just wanted to I wanted to commit there because I was sure that that was the place I wanted to be and because I wanted to focus on my last year high school basketball because, you know, that was really special for me and I wanted to go back-to-back for state championship, but we couldn't get to do that, but I still had a great year and I just didn't want to have have to worry about committing to a college during the season because, you know, the recruiting process, it can, it can be a lot and it can take toll on you and I just thought that if I had that to worry about and my high school senior basketball season, I wouldn't really get to enjoy it that much. So I'm happy that I committed before the season and super excited to get to ball next year. The Lutheran connection. You know, you went to Sheboygan Lutheran. I, you know, again, I'm born and raised in Milwaukee. I went to a Lutheran high school. I know that it's, it's prevalent in Milwaukee. Uh, did you pay attention to that much at all in the recruiting process? I, I know that I think Valpo is the only Lutheran school out of that list that I had given earlier. from all the other schools that it was a faith-based school you know I'm at a faith-based school right now and I really like it and that that was another reason why I committed you know going to a Lutheran school staying in the word you know that's very important for me the most important thing but yeah I mean that that set them apart too you know I mean there were a lot of different factors but the faith aspect of it that was awesome and that really set them apart you know I I think the people listening want to you know we're always kind of interested about this can you, and I don't know how much you can say, but can you take me through what happens on an official visit? You know, like, I mean, did you get to play with the guys at all? Was there video games? Kind of what uh, what happens on your official visit here at Valpo? All right. So I remember, well, I went on an unofficial visit and an official. So and you got, unofficial. You got offered on the unofficial, right? Yeah. Well, we did both. So, like, on the unofficial, we just went out for a day, and they just gave us the tour, and then we met with, like, a – uh, teacher in the business course, which I wanted to do next year, and then I played.
then for the official, I remember we got to Valparaiso, got in our hotel, got all settled there, and then we took a tour of the campus. Then we watched a practice happen, and then I remember we went, and then the next day we went and got breakfast with the coaches, and and then after that, later that day, they had a pool party at one of the coaches' house with the whole team. Yeah, and Coach I could Gore. Hang yeah, out with the guys and talk with them a little bit. And then after that was over, so it was like I think we were there one full day, maybe, and then yeah. And that and that was during that was during the summer, right? That had been like first week of August or something like that. Yeah, I think I think it was like August August fifth or something like that. I think yeah. I know they were getting ready. I think either had just gotten back or getting ready to go to Canada at that point. So, um, yeah. just you know, you you've got you've committed alongside Connor and Sheldon. Have you had a chance to talk to those guys at all? Are you guys in a group chat or anything like that? Uh, no, I haven't talked to them yet. It's it's interesting because it's it, listening to Matt Loddock talk about you three. He can't wait to get all three of the guys here, uh, and 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 says that you guys are all going to mesh kind of really well together. It's interesting, you know, they're they're both kind of spread out. One is uh, in Florida, the other one's in the Northeast right now. Um, did you get a chance to follow much of Valpo's season at all? Obviously, you had your own season going on, but but uh, what you know what did what did you see from the Crusaders, the Valpo Crusaders, not the Sheboygan Lutheran Crusaders? Yeah, well, yeah, we did follow him this year. You know, we got ESPN Plus, so we watched every game that we could. And you know, every game that they played, even the games that they lost, it was competitive, and that was really that was really cool to see. And especially their tournament run, because you know, I mean, it's a really competitive league, and there are a lot of good guys, and that's exactly what I want to get myself into. And I love the way they play. I like how they get up and down. And yeah, I just was really impressed with the team. Really impressed with their year. And you know, I'm super excited to get there next year. Have you played against any of the guys that are currently in the Valley that are from Wisconsin? I know that Marcus Damask is from Wapan, but I'm not sure if who else is uh, is in the Valley from Wisconsin. Um, there's one other guy, Dalton Banks. He's from Eclair North. He's going to Southern Illinois. Um, I've run into him in, into some camps. I've never played against him, but I played with him on some camps. So. We're kind of familiar with each other, but he's the only one from Wisconsin. What can you do to stay in basketball shape right now? Um, I mean, do you have access to a hoop? What are you What are you doing here in the uh, the downtime of uh, of COVID nineteen? Well, luckily, since I'm at a smaller school, I can get in there. So I'm just doing the same thing. You know, I'm <clears throat> I'm still shooting, lifting. You know, I've been running. I'm staying in shape right now. And, you know, with no school, I can actually focus on that more. So that's pretty nice. But, yeah, I mean, a lot of people can't get into a gym. But I'm lucky enough where our principal allowed me to get in with one other guy. So it's good. Well, Jacob, thank you very much. Any any message you have for the Valpo fans here that are kind of hearing you for the first time? Uh, just said I'm super excited to get there next year and play. Very good. Jacob, thank you very much for taking the time. Looking forward to having some more Wisconsin people here. Are you you're a Packer fan, I imagine? Uh, no, I like the Patriots. <laughs> oh, well, you know, I mean, it's everyone's had a good couple decades, but uh, Jared Stidham might be the guy. We'll see. Not sure, but we'll, we'll see what happens. So, all right, Jacob, thank you very much. Again, excited to have you come to Valpo. Looking forward to, uh, to more Wisconsin people here, even if you are a Patriots fan. So, thank you. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. 